Are Baker Mayfield and the Bucks for real? The Steelers, well, they're keeping their offensive coordinator. And our Week 5 Power Rankings are here. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of Locked On NFL. I'm James Rapine, and no, no Tony Wiggins on a Wednesday edition. And My beard is not long enough. It's permanent. Your beard is not long enough. You've gotten <laughs> younger, and don't tell Tony you've gotten better looking. Chris Carter Ooh. is here, and oh, how about that? Taking a shot at Tony Wiggins. Hey. I ain't do it. That was James he, over there. He's on Fridays now. <laughs> And so we had a little shake up here on Locked On NFL. Chris Carter will join me each and every Wednesday. Tony Ooh. Wiggins will still be with you on Fridays and uh, couldn't be more excited. It's a perfect time because we're actually talking about the Steelers, the team you cover coming up in just a bit. But uh, Chris, I'm excited, man. We've obviously talked for, for multiple years now and worked together. And so now we get to work together on a weekly basis. Absolutely. I'm very excited. And today we get to talk about a quarterback that you and I have talked a lot about because he used to play in the AFC North. Yeah, let's get to him. Baker Mayfield. I, I think a lot of people make a ba Baker Mayfield face when when talking about Baker, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> but don't look now. The Buccaneers are three and one. The yeah. Buccaneers just kicked the mess out of the New Orleans Saints, who a lot of people, including myself, thought that the Saints were the favorites in the NFC South. Same. And I want to have a Buccaneers conversation, but I'm going to hit you with this first. Is Baker Mayfield the best quarterback in the NFC South? Ooh, is he the best? Is he the best? Right now he is, as far as how he's playing. Uh, does uh, He doesn't have the highest potential. I think that's still Bryce Young. Uh, but as far as oh, how they Bryce play, Young. You think it's yeah. Bryce Young? Oh, I think it's uh, down the line, down the line. I'm not saying I'm not saying right now. I think Bryce Young, if he's given the, the proper opportunity, I think he can develop into the best quarterback that, that that's currently playing in that division. But as of playing these first four weeks, Baker Mayfield is, is playing like the best quarterback in the NFC South, and maybe part of that is the way the Bucks have been situated. He has a really good. They kept their wide receivers, which going into the season, I'm like, man, I don't know why you didn't try to sell those off for draft capital. They're making me look stupid because those guys are looking pretty solid right now with Baker Mayfield, Michael Michael Evans. Mike Evans is is, is, is balling. Um, you know, you've been in a you've been able to be in a position where you know you're uh, you know Chris Godwin is doing his, is doing his thing. The two of them have been uh, a serious threat together and kind of made it I think simpler for Baker Mayfield while also Rashad White has been solid for them as well. So it's been a really good mix. The the Buccaneers as a team are playing very well. The only game that, you know, they kind of, you know, didn't look like they were in was the Eagles game. But who could blame them? Because the Eagles are a really good football team. The Buccaneers have caught my eye for certain, James. And they're heading into a bye week three and one. I don't think a lot of people had that on, on their uh, charts this year. No, and, and I, I think I was higher on the Bucs than most. And, and because I believe in the Chris Godwins of the world, the Mike Evans is, you know, you go on the other side, Devin White, I think he's playing for a lot right now. There are some key yes. pieces on that defense that matter. And yet I didn't see this coming from Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has completed 69.6% .6 of his passes, seven nice. touchdowns to just two interceptions. And his quarterback rating, if the season ended today, 68.9 is better than any year of his career by far, including the year where he got the Browns to the playoffs and they were 11 and five, including his rookie season when he was second. And rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year voting. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield is playing well. 
this offense is doing enough. And I, I think it's fair when you beat the Saints like they did. I think it's fair to say that this Buccaneers team is a legitimate favorite, not just contender, favorite in the NFC South. And I get it. Derek Carr is beat up. He was playing hurt, not injured, playing hurt. I understand it. And I still like the Saints a lot. But man, looking at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, it would not shock me one bit if they stay in pole position here in the NFC South and win the division. Absolutely. Another thing here, historically, recent, even recent history, the Saints were the one team that would always be the thorn in Tom Brady with the Buccaneers side. Like every year, for whatever reason, the Saints could be terrible. The Bucs could be great. The Saints would just give them hell on their on their game days. And I'd just be like, where is this coming from? And for the Buccaneers to be able to flip that mojo on its head. And I know it's a different, you know, it's a different situation now. And, you know, a lot of things have changed about both teams. But for the, for the, for the Buccaneers to come out and play the way they have and to, like you said, beat them down 26 to 9. That was a very convincing win on their part. The offense moved the ball, the defense shut down everything the Saints wanted to do. And then you look away, they they they, they comfortably beat the Bears, though every team should at this point. They beat, they upset the Vikings in week one. The Vikings haven't looked great, but still, you look at those three wins, that's pretty solid. Now, after the bye week, you get the Detroit Lions at home, the Falcons at home. Very uh, if they beat the Lions, I think there's gonna be a lot of alarm bells going off about like, wait a minute, who are these Buccaneers and where have they come from? And the big question there will be pressure because yeah. if they can hold up against that Lions defensive front, I think they could beat the Lions now. Yeah. The Lions, Aiden Hutchinson might be come screaming down and that Lions <laughs> defensive line may get after Baker and he may throw three picks. I, I could totally see that as well, but they they've impressed me. They've exceeded my expectations. And like I said, I think my expectations were a bit higher and yet, for me, it, it's still going to come down to Baker. I just mentioned it. Can you outplay Jared Goff, even though that Lions defensive front is tough to go against? That's a real, real question. And the good news is Mike Evans dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury, but he's expected to be back after the bye. It's not anything major, according to multiple reports. So that's really, really good news because they are shallow. They can't mm, deal with they are. major injuries at the top of that roster. They're most talented guys. So looks like they dodged a bullet with Evans. I have this question for you, James. The NFC, forget the NFC South. We, we're both in agreement that right now the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC South. That can change as the season progresses. But as far as through week four, the NFC, if we know that they're the best team in the NFC South right now, you have the, the Eagles and the Cowboys out the East. You have the mm -hmm. Lions in the North. You have the Niners and the Seahawks in, in, the, in the West. In comparison to all those teams, where do you place this, the, the Buccaneers? Are they, bottom, are they at the bottom of that list or are they above a couple of those teams? They... Might be they could be ahead of the Lions. I would give them that one. I'm not fully all in on on the Lions, but outside of that, I think they're behind the Eagles and Cowboys, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Looking the here, the forty the Forty Niners might be the best team in football. I mean, I agree. Just a great they're, they're my you number one every week. You saw it firsthand too. I mean, <laughs> did we'll, I we'll see, see it firsthand? <laughs> well, and we'll see firsthand if they're number one in our power rankings. But I, I think they're sort of in the mix of the Seahawks. That that's mm. where I would put. Them, I like that. Where, could be a playoff team. I have some questions, but clearly they're talented. I don't think they're necessarily as deep as the Seahawks, so they got to right. stay healthy, but so far, so good. So, I, I, yeah, we'll, I'm, we'll see. I'm right with you. I'm right with you on that. Uh, we got, we got a lot to go, to go into today, but the bottom line, the Buccaneers have surprised everyone, and I think that's something to get excited about if you're Tampa Bay. I think a lot of people, even Tampa Bay fans, I think we're kind of like, yeah, we just need to get to the rebuild and get this going. Uh, James, they could be in the in the position to say that, you know, forget the rebuild, reload as fast as you can if Baker becomes your guy. 
no doubt. And, and what a value it is if you can find a veteran like that to be productive. So far, he is. We'll see. We're not even a quarter of the way through the season if he can keep it up. But it's time to switch gears and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett is banged up. Matt Canada, he's on the hot seat and should be gone if you ask most Steelers fans. Let's get the latest on the, I don't even want to say offensive dumpster fire, but offensive issues in Pittsburgh. We'll oh, no, dumpster fire is accurate. <laughs> we'll get the latest on that dumpster fire coming up next. But before we do any of that, we got to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether whether you're getting ready to make a big waiver wire move or you're, or you're looking forward to see which player you should start and which player you should bench, this is where Vinny's going to help you out with an eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. This week's fantasy pick of the week is Bengals running back Joe Mixon. Yes, he's off to a slow start with the rest of the team's offense as Joe Burrow battles playing through his calf injury, but with the receiving court shorthanded, minus T. Higgins and Cincinnati in desperate need of a road victory at Arizona, look for the team to focus on winning with the rushing attack and defense. The Cardinals have allowed some ample production on the ground. Look for Mixon to get 80-plus yards and a touchdown. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you get over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle just look for the green check get the right parts the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply all right chris let's dive into uh, the team you cover the pittsburgh steelers and yes sir there's two bits of news one kenny pickett dealing with a bone bruise Mm -hmm. uh, on his knee it's nothing too too serious it doesn't sound like which is really good news and then what i think most would say is bad news mike tomlin sticking with matt canada at offensive coordinator <laughs> so a few things here one on kenny pickett this is very good news we kind of heard this out from jerry dulak from the post gazette uh on, on monday hearing that hey this injury wasn't nearly as bad as it looked on, on TV. Uh, we saw Kenny Pickett going through the Steelers locker room on Monday multiple times without a knee brace. He was walking around even without a limp. So there's the chance that he could even play this week. Mike Tomlin even said as much. So they'll see how he practices Wednesday. That'll determine if he starts against the Ravens on Sunday or if it'll be Mitch Trubisky there. But the big thing all Steelers fans were looking for was what's going to happen after the after the Steelers beat down at the hands of the Houston Texans. A lot of people were wondering what's going to happen with Matt Canada. Mike Tomlin after the game saying there will be changes. A lot of people thinking that meant, oh, someone's going to get fired. This is going to be a huge Tuesday press conference. It's going to be huge, Chris. I'm telling you. And like everybody who reports on the Steelers says, it's not the changes that you think it's going to be. And sure enough, Mike Tomlin comes in, you know, we ask him and he's like, no, it's not changing. And Adam Schefter pointed this out very well on the, on the, on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week. Throwing out your the person who drew up your playbook four weeks into the season when you're trying to find rhythm in the offense isn't necessarily what's going to happen to try to change things around. The Steelers haven't fired an offensive coordinator midseason since like 2000, and that was a, was, was a drastic situation as well. And listen, I'm not here to say Matt Canada has earned 
all the respect and loyalty that the Steelers should stick with him no matter what. But mm -hmm. their playbook is their playbook. The, the plays that they practice are the plays that they practiced. The Steelers, you know, trying to implement an entire new season in the middle of a year, that's not going to change things. I know everyone's talking about, oh, this, the play calls this, the play calls that. When I look at this team on all 22, James, and this, this is the team I cover, I'm around all the time, there are open guys, there are hmm. opportunities to make plays. And I'm not a big Matt Canada fan. I've, I've pointed out, I think his biggest weakness is I don't think he knows how to work with a young quarterback to get them to develop in the way that they need to and saying, hey, this is what I'm calling and this is what will be open. You need to look here. But as far as play calls, I, I think that's one of the biggest misnomers of this conversation as far as Matt Canada's value to the Steelers. I think his biggest problem is getting his quarterback to see what those play calls are and to be prepared to react in those situations. Kenny Pickett, a quarterback I covered at Pitt, he's, he was very good at adapting to different game plans and, underst and understanding things. Things. In the NFL, it's a different speed. It's a different challenge. I think Matt Canada's biggest problem is there. And I think that the Steelers, what they're probably going to be doing, the changes that they said, they said they're going to get more physical in practice this week. I do think that's a big part of what they need to do because they can't allow teams to run the ball the way on them the way they have. But as far as what actually needs to happen right now, the play calls are going to be the play calls. But you got to execute the ones that are there. There were several in this game that if Kenny Pickett just throws it to the open guy, it's a first down. Some of the plays, it's a touchdown, and it changes the entire dynamic of the situation. That's why the Steelers aren't necessarily removing Canada right now. I do think that if they stay on this trajectory, you'll see he, this, is, this is his last season in Pittsburgh. Yeah, 29th in total yards, 29th in points, 15 and a half mm -hmm. per game. And and so I, I get it. There's ugliness there. They also – and I, I – George Pickens is probably the number one, but isn't Deontay Johnson considered like the one A or the number he, one? He's two? the one. Yes. Uh, and so you're dealing with out him. You don't have him. Mm -hmm. He's hurt. Young quarterback. Najee Harris in that run game. You, you want to lean on it some. Like I I get it. I, I think four games in, at least from afar, mm -hmm. that would be too soon. Because there aren't many really, really good offenses right now. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of struggling offenses in this league and we both are, are, are covering two of them yes and so uh, yeah i i think that's part of it and that said i get why fans are frustrated because i look at this team and they revamped that offensive line a bit i think they should be pretty good on offense like i was telling people before the season mm -hmm. like it's a four-team race for the afc north like it's going to be really really tough and there's a question mark at quarterback in, in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. But outside of that, I like their offense. And I do. And so 15 and a half points certainly isn't going to cut it. They do have some time to, to ramp it up. And obviously, Mike Tomlin isn't going to shoot from the hip, which makes sense because he's a veteran coach and does seem to make the right adjustments as the season goes along. The, and this is the Steelers have been in situations before. Like, this is one thing I keep telling people, and especially Steelers fans. People are like, oh, man, you just this is just, going to go terrible. They're two and two right now. Everyone's thinking after they after the 36 loss that they're going to just lo lose again. They said the same thing after they got beat up by the Niners. Then they went out mm -hmm. and, and, be, and beat the Browns uh, in, in week two, who were a very big problem in, in week one. Um, the Steelers could very well bounce back and win this game against the Ravens, go into the bye at three and two and in first place in the, in the, in the division. And that's so far ahead of where they were last year. Last year, yeah. they were what? One and five, actually two and six going into the, into the bye. Then like 
we're, this is a different situation that they're dealing with. They're not going to be playing catch up by like six games, you know, in, in halfway into the season. And we've seen st- plenty of Steelers teams, even before last year, even in the Ben Roethlisberger days, where if the Steelers struggled coming out the gate, they'd find their they'd find their their their, their footing. They'd get better as the season goes on, and that's what Mike Tomlin teams do. The question will be, how long will it take to get there, and how many wins and losses will they total on their way to getting to that improvement? Because, like I said, last year. That rough start, it put them in a hole that they had to be perfect. They were one game where they threw three interceptions and missed a field goal at the end of the game from overcoming that and getting to the playoffs uh, at the at the end of the season. This year, you want to put yourself in a position that if you do start to wake up like you have for the past several years uh, that they that they've done that they've played like this, if you do start to wake up, you're not playing catch up by as much. And in fact, with the way the AFC North has started. If they win on this upcoming Sunday, they're not playing catch up. They're right in the mix, the mix of things. Like you said, four team race. How are the young receivers handling this specifically George Pickens? You mentioned that guys are open, <laughs> are open. And as a young receiver, if you're open, you're going to want the ball and it's going to be hard, especially when your offense is struggling. How, how are they handling that aspect of it? Because that could make it challenging for a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, especially if he's less than 100% moving forward. Yeah, um, let's just say George Pickens is trying to do his best and is not his poker face isn't the greatest. You can tell when he's really frustrated. But I will say another young receiver who is I think is actually playing very well and has his poker face is just great. is Calvin Austin. He got mm-hmm. the 72 yard touchdown against the, uh, the Raiders in week three, and he's made some impressive plays so far. And there's times where he's get, he's also getting open and not getting targeted. And you see him just kind of just shrug it off and, and give, and give his best moving forward. That's where I think the Steelers they're balancing things. I, I, I relate this George Pickens situation to Antonio Brown way back in 2013. Not saying that he is Antonio Brown uh, in this, but I remember in 2013 when the Steelers offense, they had a new offensive coordinator in his second year in Todd Haley. He Mm -hmm. was, he was still trying to get the offense going. Ben Roethlisberger was struggling. The offense was, was terrible. And there was one game where they lost. It might've been to the Bengals in week two, I think it was. And Antonio Brown was rumored to have said, throw me the bleep ball. And, that and then at the week later they lost, but they threw three touchdowns to Antonio Brown, and then out of that they were like, "Wait a second, that's actually a good idea. Let's get him the ball." And that built up the rapport that later became Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger for the next like six years. That was you know really tough for the NFL to stop. I'm not saying that that's underway, but I do think that a big part of what the Steelers have to do is the Steelers have to get Kenny Pickett to be able to see the field and also understand like, Hey, let's do, let's get him to understand when and where we're trying to get him to see George Pickens to be open on these plays. Let's under, let's, let's try to make this easier on him. So he's not having to process the entire field, like a 10 year vet. Let's get him to see what we're trying to do here. If the Steelers do that, I think this often takes steps forward. They don't need this to be a top 10 offense. If this is in the middle part of the league, this team is competitive. They'll probably make the playoffs at the end of the year, and they'll be fine. But right now, they're at the bottom of the league, and that's where they have to get out of to move forward. My fantasy team wants George Pickens to say, give me the bleeping ball and, <laughs> and have him score three touchdowns. I'm not going to lie. It's a really important dynasty league that I would love, love, love to see that. Up next, let's dive into our week five power rankings. Will the San Francisco 49ers keep the top spot Where did the Steelers rank after that loss? We'll get into those teams and much, much more coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. And there are so many people that have benefited from therapy and BetterHelp is completely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire that gets you matched with a licensed therapist. And if it's not working out with that therapist, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. We're back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, the Wednesday edition with James Rapine and Chris Carter. Let's continue breaking things down. We've talked about the Bucks. We've talked about the Steelers. Now it's time to talk about everybody because it's time for the week five power rankings. Right here, we have them on display on screen for you. We'll read through some key points here on the show. Number one, undisputed here, James Rapine, is the San Francisco 49ers. They have not budged for quite some time, and they shouldn't. They're playing like the best team in football. They're undefeated. They're doing their job. But the team that bumped up to number two here was the Buffalo Bills because they laid the smackdown on the Miami Dolphins. Granted, they did lose white for the season with a torn Achilles, and that could be a huge bite here. James, are the Bills really the second best team in the NFL, or do you think it's someone else right now? I would have put the Bills. I mean, that was a really impressive win, and I think I did put the Bills for what it's worth in my voting. But yeah, I, I totally get this. I, I get them moving up because they're that talented. I've been impressed with their defense, the fact that they were able to to contain that Miami offense like they, they did. And yeah, losing white, that's a huge blow. Would not be shocked one bit if they're in the cornerback market at some point. They'll obviously rely on Kyer Elam, uh, a second-year corner out of Florida. So we'll see there. But, yeah, I like uh, I like the Bills a lot. And I think some would say, why aren't the Eagles sliding into that second spot? But they're third, Chiefs fourth, Cowboys move up a spot to fifth, and the Dolphins plummet out of the top five. They, they were second last week. Now they're sixth. So that, that 70-point performance – it's still there, but obviously they're human. I, I'm right. I'm right with you there. They they do have some human elements to them. And I was wondering when the Dolphins would kind of receive their comeuppance. You know, like they're a little bit of like, mm-hmm. hey, like you just scored seventy points. That's great, but let's see how you do against a team that's not the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton, who you know called out his pre, his predecessor and has now been getting slapped in the face. Though he did pull up a nice win over the Chicago Bears, I guess. Uh, but uh, but move, moving down the line, moving down the line here, the Cowboys move back up into the top five after bumping down because of their loss to the Cardinals. The Dolphins drop all the way down to six here. The Lions and the Ravens and the Seahawks steadily at seven, eight, and nine. They have not budged. The Jaguars get back up into the top 10 here in in the spot here. But the Chargers are number 11. James, you know, when I did the show with Q on Fridays, every year we would just say, "I we don't buy the Chargers. Stop trying to sell me the Chargers." Uh, every and this has been going back since like 2007 yeah. with Drew Brees and Ladainian Tomlinson and all of. Uh, stop trying to sell me this team. But is this the year that we should buy the Chargers? Are, are, is Justin Herbert actually going to do the thing? I'm not buying them right now. So you can buy them. You can buy them up all you want if you want to. No, I'm not buying them. I I think they're a bit high here. In fact, I would have the Bucks ahead of them right now. I'd probably have the Rams ahead of them. Mm. In that said, could I totally, you know, I see a path where they could be in the mix, but Justin Herbert dealing with that, that finger injury, that hand injury. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll see there, but yeah, I, I think they're really talented. 
but I get not buying them, and I'm certainly not buying them now. Speaking of the Bucks, they're 12th, Rams 13th, the Browns yep. 14th, followed by the Packers and Saints at 15 and 16. The Texans moving up to 17. Good for the Texans. They've been one of the bright spots. And then just mm-hmm. to round out the top 21, the Titans 18, Bengals 19, dropping a ton, plummeting Falcons 20, and the Colts 21st. Yeah, I look. I look at this list. The Texans deserve it. I mean, they've they've now beat down two straight opponents in the Steelers and in the Jaguars. C.J. Stroud looking smooth, and I gotta say, D'Amico Ryan's and his staff. They're putting their team in good situations in the last two games, giving them ample chances to win. Granted, the Texans have typically dominated the Jaguars in their recent history, so that one was kind of foreseeable. I even picked that one to win. I did not think that they were going to be able to do that to the Steelers, especially with their all-backup offensive line that went into that game. They they had some smart things about them, and they countered what the Steelers wanted to do on defense. The Steelers' offense kind of tripped over itself in that game, but still, you give the Texans a lot of points for how they're looking, and anytime you have a young quarterback with the numbers that C.J. Stroud has you get excited about that and i think he now has what over 1200 yards passing mm-hmm. in four games i know that 900 was the mark that was broken before three games for our first three starts i bet you the 1200 is also the mark for four games going at this going at the similar pace there so uh the the, te- the texans certainly deserve it what are your thoughts on the titans you got to see them against the Bengals. Are they for real an 18 team or do you think they're going they're going to be hit they're going to be dropping very, really soon with some of the other teams on their schedule I think that they're they're a limited team, but if you allow Derrick Henry to get going, obviously DeAndre Hopkins still has something in the tank. Maybe not what he used to be, but he's still a, a top receiver, and and certainly one of the he would be one of the better number two options. And I think he's a legit one in that offense because they don't throw it all over the field. They're not super reliant on the passing game, but that defensive line is legit, and it's going to travel. Yeah. And so if Ryan Tannehill can take care of the ball, I think they'll be in games, well coached. And so, yeah, they're middle of the pack in the middle of this, uh, in in these power rankings. And I think that's about right for now. I I was impressed with them. Now they were at home. They had to bounce back and they did. They took it to the Bengals. So we'll see. Um, I I certainly think when you look at the bottom third of the, these power rankings, and we'll do that in just a second, I think they're ahead of all these teams and they should be. So let's do that. 22nd Washington Mm -hmm. followed by your Steelers, 23rd, the Jets, Mm -hmm. 24th, the Vikings, 25th, the Patriots all the way down to 26th, the lowest they've been all season followed by the Raiders, Cardinals, Giants, Ooh, the Giants, the Denver Broncos, even with a win 30th, the Panthers 31st and the Chicago bears are last 30 bears. Listen, uh, James, did you see the clip of Dable just chucking the iPad after talk when he was trying yes. to talk to Daniel Jones, yes. man, that is a rough situation there in New York. It'd be one mm-hmm. thing if the Giants, if if if, uh, if the Giants on a on a quarter a rookie contract, Daniel Jones, that you can get up, but you just signed him to the big money. And I when they did that, I was like, man, I don't know, I don't know if he's the guy that you want to be tied to. And at least through four games this season, he has not looked like that. Danny Dimes has been Denny Penny so far. <laughs> Oh, I like. I mean, that. he has. What else can we say? <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that he. Any loose change? Exactly. But come on, like at this point, Daniel Jones is underperforming. He was, he's being, and when you pay a guy, it's different when he's in the rookie contract because when you're the contract, you're. Who would you rather have, Baker or Daniel Jones? Don't do that to me, James. <laughs> Don't do that to me, James. Who would you rather have? At the contracts that they're at right now, Baker Mayfield. I, 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 I won't even, I won't even do that. You won't even. You're just saying straight up Baker Mayfield over Baker Daniel Mayfield. Jones. Now I I won't pay either of them forty million. That, that's my point. There is well, that we'll I, won't even. If I have that. to pay a contract forty million. Them, 
I'll pay everyone but the quarterback. We'll roll without a quarterback. And see, that's where I think Daniel Jones fits is on a roster that you can form around him without paying him the big money. But when you pay him that money, you can't you can now not invest that elsewhere, which is, I think, was a big part of what the Giants were able to do when they started to have success with Daniel Jones. Now you can't do that. You're going to start to see the repercussions. No doubt about it. It's uh, wild, wild times in New York. I think the Jets would have been really good. If Aaron Rodgers had stayed healthy, Zach Wilson showing some signs of life, and uh, heck, maybe he's the best quarterback in New York right now. You never know. I want, I want to ask. I want to ask you th- this question, James. Bringing back up the the, the rankings right here. Mm-hmm. Give me one yep. team that's way too low and one team that's way too high. Who? All right. So let's start with too high. I, I think yeah. that the Detroit Lions will fall a Ooh. bit. I, I think that. The it's Ravens cold. are better than them. I think there's some teams in 11 through 21 that could advance past them. So there you go. There's one. And then a team that is too low. I, I think tough. it's tough. I, I'm, I'm looking here. I mean, I, I could be a homer and say the Bengals. We'll see. <laughs> you know, I, I think that that's certainly one team. I think the Steelers are too low. Really, I, I'll just do that. The AFC North. I think the AFC North, mm, when it's right all here. said and done, all four teams will be in the top 16. I, I, I'm right with you here because the reason I asked that one, I agree with the lions. I, I put, I, I maybe buy, I think people are buying a little too high into them right now. I, I, the chargers are another team. Like I know that they they've won the last two games, but they have not been a good team. I think the, the Browns are a little too high, but I think that they're still in the range that they should be, especially with their last loss coming with a backup quarterback, but the Bengals and the Steelers, I think by the end of the season, like you said, you're going to see those two teams rise up, and all all four of the AFC North teams will be in there. But I think the the my point here in asking that is a lot of these teams in the eleven down range are unproven, un like these are teams that are all fluctuating every single week. There aren't as many of the teams that are established. Hey, they we know who they are. This is who they're going to be at this point with you know new quarterbacks with revamping situations. I think that there's a lot of those teams, and that's why this could get really bloody in the next few weeks when we talk about teams moving up and moving down. I think there's a lot of things that are about to change over the next two to three weeks as far as who's in this power rankings here, especially in that middle column with we see a lot of those teams. I think Packers, Saints, uh, Texas, Titans, Bengals, Falcons, Colts, all those teams. Like, like We have not seen the best or even the worst of, of any of those teams. We might have seen the worst of the Bengals. I think that they've they've struggled out, out the gate, and I think that they're probably one of the teams that I see getting better once Joe Burrow's healthier. But like, I don't think the Titans win too many more games the way they did against the Bengals this past, this past weekend. I don't think the, the Packers – I think the Packers have kind of done a good job so far, um, but we're starting to see some of the humanness of Jordan Love after some people were praising him after the comeback win over the Saints. Just a lot of movement to come, and I do think, like you said, the AFC North teams are going to kind of all sneak up into that top half soon. Yeah, I, I certainly could see that, and we'll see. We're going to be covering it. Right here on Locked On NFL every single day, episode one with Chris Carter and James Erpine on Wednesdays in the books. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcasts. And my friend, it's been fun. I'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, this is Locked On NFL.